I took the lead. Where's a good station? Somebody's heart. Glorious. Glorious. Amen. Guardians of Grace. What's wrong? Welcome to the Guardians of Grace podcast. Relax. You have found the right place. We're here to serve. Join us. Holding to pure grace. Again. Relax. Join in with us. Listen on. Be blessed. Fenders of Grace. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Guardians of Grace podcast. My name's Bill, and I'm here with longtime, he doesn't like to be called old friend, but longtime friend, Guard Dog Steve. <laughs> That's funny, Bill. Longtime friend, longtime friend good friend. Hello, everybody. I'm glad that you've joined us. We want you to be our longtime friends, too. Amen to be that. part of this family and help out with the ministry because we want the ministry to grow and affect the entire planet. We don't want a small ministry. We want it to be huge. That comes by you and us teaming up. So, we want you to become longtime friends too. Apollo Swattered, mm-hmm. Cephas, yeah. Paul Planted, but God caused the growth. Growth. Amen. Amen. Well, Steve, we ran out of time. We were right into Colossians 2 on the prayer. Yeah. That we would be encouraged having our hearts welded together. Yes. Manly analogy there, or for the women, knit together. Yeah. In love Maybe. was the, that prayer. Yeah. Having been encouraged and heart united in love, that we would have the full riches of complete understanding, that we would know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So maybe if you could review a little bit, it would it would help us continue along those same thoughts. Okay, review what we did last week in the podcast about about Colossians, right? Yeah. Okay. Are you not paying attention? (laughs) (laughs) No. Last week, for some reason, we just picked up in Colossians and went off, I guess. I guess we went off. We looked at the fact that Paul was laboring so hard to get us to realize the amount of energy that lives inside of us, the energy to live a perfect Christian life. The spirit that lives in us never sins. First John chapter 3. Never, ever, ever commits one sin. The spirit of God never does that through us. He lives the perfect life. We just have to manifest him. And when we do, we are some sort of cool cat. People want to hang around us when we're manifesting Christ. They don't want to leave. They they want to be with us. And Paul knew this, and he was laboring really hard for the people at Colossae to get it. And he was very wary of a certain bunch of people that were passing out fine-sounding arguments and other rhetoric that was opposed to his message. It was 
putting people back on the human performance treadmill. And he was battling real hard to not let that happen. This was keeping him up all night. It was keeping him up all night. So that's what we did last week. We learned that Paul taught people at Colossae to depend on the Spirit. That's what he did. That's what Paul said. This is my way of life in Christ Jesus that I teach everywhere in every church. So not only did he do it in Colossae, but every other church that he went to, he told people to abide in the vine. That was his message. Yeah, I was just going to correct you, but you corrected yourself. You said he told the Colossians, but actually it says to the Colossians, those at Laodicea, and everyone else that hasn't met me personally. That's true. But yeah, it was his way of life in Christ that he taught every church in every place. Can't be more, that excludes no one that I can think of. All inclusive. And he's really gave us the opportunity to, in stunned amazement, look at what we have. We have Christ in us in whom are hidden how many of the treasures of wisdom and all all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Yes. Which comes to our first therefore, because get this, we've we've received, what, all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Yes. And here come some people that say we have a supplement to this teaching. Right. Does it make sense? No, use our supplement. Don't worry about the thing that has all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, just throw that away. Disregard it. Yeah. Oh, that's good. I I understand Mm -hmm. that. That's great. Mm -hmm. But we've got supplements. Yeah. This is a little little better. Yeah. In addition to. Yes. So in verse 6, he says the word un. (laughs) Big Greek word. (laughs) U-N. Small Greek word. (laughs) The English word is therefore. Therefore. I'll resist doing the, what is this there? Yeah, You're right, I won't right. Even though I did do it, I won't do it. So, <laughs> therefore, let me just read it. Just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and are overflowing with thankfulness. So he's saying, therefore, just just as you received him, he, he's saying, I said all this. Yeah. I so, told you about this great package you have. Yes. It's everything you need for yes. life and godliness. Yes. Therefore, just as you received him, and we need to go off a little bit on that, just as you received him, because that was actually the passive voice. It was. And Paul made that distinction that you didn't choose God because you understood these heavenly truths and decided to accept them or receive them. You chose God because he did the Philippians 2.13. He worked in you to will and do his good pleasure for it is God who works in you to will and and do his good pleasure. And at that time, he worked in them to will and do 
receiving this message. There's no other way to translate paralambano. The word lambano is to take or to receive. So if you took it actively, it would have said taken. Yes. But it doesn't. It says receive, meaning passive. And it was para means alongside. So you passively alongside receive this. And then the, the third option is what it actually is objectively as an object. You objectively receive this truth. Teaching. That Christ is in you. Yes. The teaching, yes. Mm -hmm. You've gotten the concept that Christ is in you, and that Christ in you is everything you need for godliness and a good Christian life. Everything, yes. So then he hits with some therefores. Yes. Stay in this. Remain there in Christ. Like it said, firmly rooted, built up, established in this truth. Camp there. Stay there. Yeah. Don't stray there. Then he then he says... All passive voice, too. You were, you were built up. You were strengthened. All passive voice also. Exactly. Yes. Thanks, Steve. And then he says, so people are going to come to you with supplemental teachings. Right. That you don't need. No. And we made the point of last week, not only do you not need them, they actually can be shipwreckers. Yeah, self-destructive. Destructive. But he's saying, camp here that Christ is in you. Then he gives, which we talked about these warnings about these elementary principles. And the main point from all those extra teachings and elementary principles and the do not touch, do not taste is he makes the conclusion that they lack any value whatsoever of restraining any kind of sensual indulgences. Don't taste, don't touch, or all the five senses. Yes. But But just saying don't taste that, don't touch that, don't do this, doesn't keep you from doing it, and it actually might make you, drive you to do it. Even more. Yeah. Right, especially if you read Romans 7, where he says that it makes me do what I don't want to do, and it overpowers me and takes control and makes me embarrass myself. So let's go over to chapter 3, Steve. He's going to blow our minds again. Okay. In chapter 3, some translations say if then you've been raised with Christ. Mm-hmm. Should be since. The, I'm reading the NIV. It actually does say since. Good, good. But it should be translated since. Yes. Or Because it's a first class, class conditional condition. clause. If yeah. and you do. Right. If and you do. If and you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above, meaning your emotions where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above. Now set your set your emotions on things above and set your mind on things above. Not things. on earthly things. Yes. Okay, let's stop right there. Let, let, What's let. that old saying? It's it's all over the Bible, Steve. Don't be heavenly too heavenly minded so that you'll be no earthly good. 
I don't know what Bible that would be in there, Bill. But it's all it's all over some Bible, huh? That was a trick question, not, Steve. Yeah, it's not a Bible that I ever read. It's actually nowhere in the Bible. No. No. The truth of the matter is the opposite. It's setting your mind on the earthly. You'll be no good. And that's what I want to look at. I'm, because for me, I read this passage for 15 years and it had no meaning. Set my mind on things above. Okay, I'll set my mind on things above even though I've clueless what that means. I have no mental picture at all. Do I act like I'm walking on a cloud looking down at earth? Is, is that setting my mind on things above? What, yeah, do what? I believe I'm in heaven and just say I'm not here on earth? Uh, what, what does set your mind on things above actually mean? And we can sort that out. Yeah, I I was similar. I thought it meant, yeah, it's bad here, but one day I'll, I'll get I'll to heaven. Go to heaven, yeah, yeah. yeah the place you'll go someday. Set your mind on the place you'll go someday. Someday, get a mansion, right? Get a mansion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If but, you don't, if you ever get a chance, go back and listen to our podcast on Jesus' instruction. Yes, before before the cross, right. You won't look at that word mansion again. No, you won't. You'll see it in a better way. Yes. But he says... says, set your emotions and set your mind on things things above. above. Do you remember Jesus saying to Nicodemus, I'm telling you, unless you're born from above, you will not see or enter the kingdom of God? You remember. Yes. The idea... When we say you're born again or born from above, born from above is actually the better way to say it because anything spiritual is considered from above. But let's go to James and look at this because it bears looking at. I'm looking at James chapter 1, verse 16. It says, Don't be deceived. There again, there's deception that people are trying to do these fine-sounding arguments. He says, don't listen to any fine-sounding argument about what I'm about to say, because the truth of the matter is every good thing bestowed and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no shifting shadows, in exercise of his will, he brought you forth by the word of truth, so that we might be, as it were, the first fruits of his creation. Saying that he caused us to be born again by exercise of his will through the gospel. That's why all said, you passively received the word of truth because he was working in you to will and do his good pleasure. And here it says, in exercise of his will, he caused you to be born again so that you would be some of the first fruits of all the people in the world who are going to get born again. But it says, every good thing and every perfect 
gift is from above, from the Father of the heavenly lights, in whom are no shifting shadows. Now, let's look at an example of one of those gifts that's from above. It's right here in James, but we'll, we'll look at James 3.10 and following. James 3.10. From the same mouth come both blessings and cursings. Brothers, it should not be this way. Does a fountain send out from the same opening both fresh and bitter water? Can a fig tree produce olives or a vine produce figs? Neither can salt water produce fresh. They're two different entities that live and speak through the same mouth. He's saying from the same one mouth comes both things, blessings and cursings, which mean from the mouth comes either the human nature with all the cursings or the spiritual nature, the divine nature with all the blessings. Wow. So you're saying, well, James is saying two sources, one mouth. Yes. Yes. Just like Paul was back in Colossians saying, use this as the source. Use God as the source. Don't use the Edemic nature as the source. But it goes on to say, if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth. This wisdom is not that which comes from above. It's not the gift that comes from above. It's not what you should set your mind on. It will not get the, the spring of the spiritual water to flow from you, it'll bring the spring of the edemic water to flow. I was, I was thinking the same thing. It's the edemic nature, not the Christ yes, nature. Yes. The spirit nature. Okay. But this wisdom is not from above. It's what comes from earth. It is earthly. It is natural. And it is demonic. Do you get that? The earthly, natural, demonic wisdom, which is not a gift from above, but it comes from the earth, is earthly, natural, and demonic. It's a different wisdom than wisdom from above, because it's going to describe wisdom from above now. But wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy, and good fruits unwavering without hypocrisy. No hypocrisy at all. The wisdom from above lives a perfect, sinless life. The thing that you're supposed to set your mind on, these gifts and powers and abilities that come from above, which means come from God or Jesus through you by the Holy Spirit, that's what it means to set your mind on things above. Set your mind on the ability to produce love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, self-control, faithfulness. Those are the fruits of the Spirit. Those are the fruits of the gifts from above. It's very specific meaning. When Paul says set your mind on the things above, he is talking about characteristics, the characteristics that show through us 
when they're the characteristics that come from above, they're pure, peaceable, reasonable, full of mercy, and those characteristics are full of good fruit without hypocrisy. And it says, and the seed whose fruit is righteousness is shown in peace by those who make peace or for the peacemaker. The seed whose fruit is righteousness. Jesus Christ has the righteousness. That's what Philippians 1, 6 says. The fruit of righteousness that only comes through Jesus. Well, the seed whose fruit is righteousness, another name for the gift from above. The seed whose fruit is righteousness is the same thing as saying this gift from above is righteousness and peaceful and it's sown for the peacemaker. In other words, the gift from above comes through you and sows peace for you, a peace that will register with the people who are against you and cause you to have peace between you and them. He, he always gets it right. His peace causes peace. And you're, he is the seed. And he is the seed. And your human nature try as it may to cause peace, does not do it because it's earthly, natural, or it says of human nature, earthly, of human nature, and demonic. Why do they get the word demonic? Because it's going off from Romans 7 where he says, sin dwells in me and sin overpowers me and sin makes me embarrass myself. The sin, the living personified sin that lives in us, which is definitely not a gift from a, from above. It's the spirit who is the gift from above. That's who you want to set your mind on. That is what it means to set your mind on things from above. These spiritual gifts and the fruit of the spirit, they're, they're in 1 Corinthians 12, where some say a, a, a word of knowledge and the faith, and they list quite a few. The doing of miracles, those are all gifts from above. And that's what he's saying here. Since you've died and been raised with Christ in that new seed, set your mind on things above. And then it says set your emotions on things above. Yes. Set your heart. In other words, it's saying depend on things from above. Even psychologists will tell you your thoughts are what dictate your feelings, your emotions. Good thoughts, good emotions. Mm -hmm. Fearful thoughts, fearful emotions. In this case, it would be spiritual thoughts. The spirit, spiritual think, the mind of the spirit thinking produces good emotions. And what are the emotions? They're the fruit of the spirit. The Love, spirit. joy, peace, all those are emotions. Yes. And people say, don't be emotional. Right. Okay, they don't really say, don't be emotional. <laughs> but um, have you ever heard people say, we walk by faith and not by feelings? Yes. Or emotions? Yes, yes, instead of not by sight. Right. But the fact is, we do walk by faith because we're walking in the corresponding emotions that follow the thoughts we're thinking. Exactly. It's a bogus concept to think don't trust in your emotions you can't trust your emotions that it's a fine sounding argument but it's bogus 
when your emotions are tracking in the truth, you should trust your emotions completely. But when they're not tracking in the truth, then your emotions are taking you in, in down a bad path. So you can trust in your emotions when they're produced by the mind of the spirit. Yes. So let me just read this okay. word in Colossians. So we'll stick with guardians of grace policy and it's got to be in the Bible. Right. Amen. You see where it says, set your mind on things above? Yes, sir. In chapter 3, verse 2. Yes. It is the word phronia, to exercise the mind, entertain, have a sentiment or opinion. And it comes from the root word friend, not friend, like your buddy. The Greek word friend. The Greek word friend. P-H-R-E-N. Yes. And that is defined as the midriff or the middle part of your body, or as we say, the gut. The gut. Set your gut on things above. Yes. Set your mind and your emotions on things above. When you set your mind on things that are above, it triggers this emotion or feelings of the truth of what you're meditating on. So back to Colossians 3 1. He says, if then or since then you've been raised with Christ, set your mind on things above. Set your emotions on things above. Meditate on things above. Then he says, fat, for you died and your life is hid with Christ in God. The source of life is coming from above. You just did a great job going through James and using James to point out the exact same truths that Paul is pointing out. So he says, set your mind on things above, which triggers the emotions of the things that are above. I got to interrupt you, Bill. I got to get interrupt you because I want to make sure we have this one point clear and that's exactly what things above are, okay? We, yeah. we saw in James where it said it was wisdom from above. It, it said it was a gift from God, the Father of the heavenly light, and it was the gift of wisdom from above. We have the fruits of the Spirit, which are from above, the fruits of the Spirit. Like it says in, in Romans 8, we have the mind of the spirit, not the mind of human nature. We don't set our minds on its power to get the job done. We set our minds on the power of the mind of the spirit to get the job done. In other words, these things that are from above that we are setting our minds on are like an arsenal of tools that we can use to live the Christian life. Set your mind on all these tools and attributes that you have to live the Christian life. Not human tools, but all the spiritual tools that you have. Like it says in 1 Corinthians 3, we have the mind of Christ. I mean, how much better does it get than having the mind of Christ? Well, that's a thing from above that you need to meditate on constantly, that you have the mind of Christ, the all-knowing. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. 
You have everything you need for life and godliness. And we, we are supposed to put our confidence in those tools and not in our human nature or the tools it makes. But we, we can trust in this arsenal. Yes. So things above we can literally meditate that arsenal. Yeah, things above and spiritual are synonymous terms. Yes. And these things that are above is everything that God has given to equip us. Yes. And those are what we need to meditate mm -hmm. on. Perfect. Well said. It reminds me of Psalm 1. Mm -hmm. Are you familiar with it? Yeah. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor seat, sit in the seat of the scornful. Yes. But his delight, which is an emotion, mm -hmm. <laughs> is in the law of the Lord. And that, that word, law right. of the Lord, doesn't... It, the Torah. The, the Torah, the, the yeah. The writings of the Lord, not it, the 614 commandments. Right. It, it could even be translated to teachings. Yes, exactly. And it's that capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D word mm -hmm. for the I am. Mm -hmm. His delight is in the teachings of the I am. The I am is the I am fully equipped because I have this arsenal, as you just said. I have everything I need for life and godliness. So in Psalm 1 it says, blessed is that man, happy is another word for blessed, is that man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. What's that? That's mindsets, right? That's, mm -hmm. that's getting information mm -hmm. from mm -hmm. people. Human-driven solutions. It's not spiritual counsel. No. It's earthly counsel. Right. Solutions to problems that are So he, man -made. he doesn't walk in that natural counsel. Right. Nor stand in the way of sinners. Mm -hmm. He doesn't take a stand and say, this is how you do it mm -hmm. with the natural, right? Yeah. What's the other one? Nor sit in the seat of the take a, a firm position in natural ways. Yes. But it says his delight is in the teachings of the I am. He delights in knowing who he is in Christ. I would say in Christ, yeah. Seated above. Right. Given everything he needs for life and godliness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then it says he shall be like a tree gets back to the seed again because mm -hmm. the, the word is literally transplanted mm -hmm. by rivers okay. of living water okay what is living what is the rivers of water it's isn't that a, a just another way of saying the spirit spirit yeah he's planted in these teachings of the spirit who he is in Christ exactly well perfectly said and it says he meditates that's our Word we just went over in Colossians, mm -hmm. same mm -hmm. same word. Mm -hmm. He thinks of it with his mind, and it affects his emotions. Meditating would be setting your mind on things above, thinking right. about things. Those and the meditating qualities. brings about the right feelings, yes. the emotions. So mm -hmm. he is not just walking by faith mm -mm. and not by emotions. He's walking by faith, which dictate his emotions. His emotions. Yeah. Yes. And it says, he shall be like a tree planted by the water that yields its fruit in season. That word is such a cool word. It's at its proper time. In other words, the spirit yields this fruit 
when the spirit decides it's going to yield it. Always. And there's always a proper time. There's always a God time. So hang in there. Because it says he meditates on it day and night. Most translations say day and night. In the Hebrew, it's actually in the day as well as in the night. Hmm. When things look bright and sunny and when things look dark and cloudy. His mind is set on things above. He's still on the mind set on things above. Because when things look bad, you're reverencing the things that look bad. That's the definition of fear. Mm -hmm. You're just in awe of how, how colossal they look. Yes, correct. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And that's as in reverence, not being scared of him. The, the, reverence, the reverence, the awe. Of the, how cool these things from above are. The reverence. The exact feeling the children of Israel had when they came out of Egypt. And God destroyed all their... He had the ten plagues and... They reverenced how God had done all those things. Yeah, they, they were fearful of these Egyptian people and their mm. ten different goddesses and goddesses, which I recently heard this, those were represented in another podcast. Yeah, yeah. But they were out, and then now they're by the Red Sea, and here come the Egyptians again coming after them. Now God's going to take them through the Red Sea, but they don't know that. So what are they reverencing and awing at that time? They're Past rever- events. They're reverencing and awing this Egyptian army that's coming after oh, them. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. <laughs> and past, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they should be reverencing that, oh, he got us out of here. He's going to do it again, but they weren't. They were going, man, that army is big. Right, see, that... I'm setting my mind on how big that army is. I'm reverencing it. And the difference between the mindset that doesn't fear the army coming after him because he knows God can get me out of it. He can open the Red Sea if he wants. That's a mind that meditates in the day and in the night on the teachings of the I Am. That's the mind that Colossians 3 says, set your mind on things above. So in other words, it's saying reverence things above. Reverence things above. Be in awe of it. Yes. Be amazed by it. Mm-hmm. Because when the amazement of things above, the amazement of who I am in Christ, the awe of who I am in Christ becomes bigger than the amazement of my problems, the awe of my trials I'm going through, when the amazement of the teachings of the I am, who I am in Christ, get bigger, the others get smaller. Right, amen. And your emotions come the way they're supposed to. They look like they should look like. They're not full of cowardice and... They're just the spot. Remember, was it Caleb and Joshua Mm -hmm. went into... Yes. He sent ten spies? Yeah. Caleb and Joshua said... They all saw the same thing, right? Right. Why did two of them have a different perspective? It was different reverence. It was setting their minds on a, a different thing. Yeah, they, they had their mind set on God. The other ones didn't. Right. The other ones looked at the giants mm-hmm. and said, we're but grasshoppers. Exactly. In their sight. Exactly. 
and so were bug grasshoppers in their sight. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, Caleb and Joshua had been meditating on the I am. Mm-hmm. Their frame of reference was God's delivered us a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. And I think the exact phrase is God is well able to, we're well able to take the land. He's bad to the bone. Yeah, this is no big deal. Mm-hmm. We got across, they remember the Red Sea, they were there. That should have been like, okay, we were trapped against the Red Sea, nowhere to run, mm-hmm. we're sitting ducks. Mm-hmm. But then God opens up the Red Sea and we walk across dry land. Set and then he closes it up on our enemies. Yes. Yeah. Set your mind on that. Yeah. So back to Colossians. Okay. Isn't that what he's saying? Since therefore you've been raised with Christ, set your mind on things above. And it's that word that we just gave for your mind and your emotions. And then what, what happens, Steve? Then he says, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly body. Okay, now we don't need those teachings anymore about setting our mind mm-hmm. on things, but let's get practical and mm-hmm. start mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. finding ways to s- stop sinning. Yeah, let's come up with some formulas, boys. The thing is, Steve, I went right to the stop sinning, mm-hmm. and I never got to actually meditate on Thanks because yeah. I didn't know I had died. I know, and your that's a mind right blower. There in front of you. you, we've heard people say it. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ and God. Oh no, I'm right here. Yeah, and or and then we get this other one. Well, positionally speaking, you you died. Yes. So you have to know that as a mm-hmm. a positional truth, and mm. you know, God bless my wife. When mm-hmm. we got married. I used all those positional things, and I was trying to ex- explain mm. that to her. <laughs> well, you didn't really die, but in, in the mind of God, positionally, you died, mm-hmm. and you're positionally seated in heavenly places. Been there, and done you know bad. what she said to me? She said, I, I just believe it. I'm like, what? Yeah, I just, I just believe it. I, I don't have to figure out how I died mm-hmm. and hid with Christ and God. And I thought I was so helpful trying to explain it to her with these theological words of positional truth. Yeah, yeah. You know who benefited? The person that me that knew these positional arguments or the person like her that just said, I just believe I died and my life is hid with Christ. She actually did what the scripture said. She set her mind on that. She set her mind on that and she had that corresponding emotion. She had peace. Exactly. To this day, that's what she loves to talk about, who she is in Christ. That that gives her joy. She really didn't have it. Yeah. That alleviates her fears. That's how it works. You set your mind on those realities or those truths or you put your confidence in those truths and not in your ability to do the Ten Commandments, but... Look how easy it is just to switch back in Colossians, Steve. It's set your mind on things above. Set set your affections on things above, for your life is hid with Christ and God. Yes. Then he says, okay, let's get practical. Put to death the deeds of the body. Put to death whatever belongs to your earthly nature. Yeah, and what does that mean? It's saying don't put the confidence 
in those things like in Galatians 5, I think it's 16, where he said, we put no confidence in the flesh, in our human nature. Because Why? Because we are setting our mind on the things that for are firm above. That's what we're putting our confidence in, those attributes that we actually like about ourselves that come through us when Christ is manifesting himself. Yeah, to put your mind back on the flesh mm -hmm. and your emotions back on the flesh is to do what Paul said in Galatians 2, I think 16, yes. no, 17. Rebuild. Having, yeah. Go ahead. If I that. rebuild what I destroyed, which was that human effort, putting your mind mentality. on the flesh, yeah. If I rebuild, if I rebuild what I destroyed, I prove myself to be a transgressor. I prove myself that I can't live in these spiritual realities in my human effort. In, in other words, if I rebuild the Ten Commandment mentality, I just prove myself to be a sinner. That's how I can prove myself to be a sinner, is to rebuild that. But if I set my mind on things above, which is all the divine power I have in the arsenal of spiritual tools that I have to live the Christian life, then I prove myself to, to be a, a Christian who's blossoming. Yeah, it's better to say, Lord, show me this arsenal of tools I have in the Spirit. Paul says, after if I rebuild what I destroyed, then he says, he says the same truth in, that he says in Colossians. He says, you died, your life is hidden with Christ and God. He just says a little different way. He said, You've been crucified with Christ and you no longer live. Isn't that the same thing as Colossians 3.1? Yeah, exactly. You know what the next verse says? Or he says, the life I live in this body, I live by the faithfulness or the faith or the belief mm -hmm. that comes from setting your mind on things above and the emotions that come from setting your mind on things above. The same thing in Romans 1 where he says, the, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation for all believing because it the, it's the faith it's the belief god's belief ek ice right mm -hmm. out of and into mm -hmm. his thoughts go become my thoughts when i'm setting my mind on things above setting the, on those thoughts and he says back to galatians 2:20 i've been crucified with christ this is the truth and i no longer live the life i live i live by his belief in me and the belief that he has in this the arsenal the faithfulness of this arsenal i have available to me and he says the next verse says i do not frustrate the grace of god you know how you frustrate the grace of god you, Ignoring what you have in Christ in the Spirit's think, arsenal. Yeah. Yes, not think about the arsenal that you have. I can't wait till we get to uh, 2 Corinthians 12, 10. Why wait? Let's go there. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but yeah, you're frustrating the grace of God in your life when you go back to setting your mind on things above. No, when you go back to setting your mind on things <laughs> Earthly below. things. Yes, yes. Not earthly things. Right. He says that. Yes. Okay, so... Let's look at, at 1 Corinthians chapter 10, starting in verse, 2 Corinthians 10, starting in verse 4, or verse 3. For though we want in the human body, we do not war 
according to the flesh or according to human effort. For our weapons of our warfare are not of human origin. They're divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses and destroying speculations and lofty thoughts that go against the knowledge of God. And they take captive every thought to the obedience of Christ, these divine tools that we use, these divine weapons that we use take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And then it goes on to say, and we are ready to punish those people after your obedience is made complete passive voice. You didn't make your obedience complete. These weapons that are not carnal made your obedience complete. That's what you set your mind on. Their ability to live the Christian life. Wow. All these divine powers that we have. So even the renewing of the mind is done by the Spirit. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And it says it verbatim. It's like what David said when he said he meditates day and night mm-hmm. and it bears fruit in its proper seasoning. Yes. Season, which is bearing fruit is the work of the Spirit. It's not carnal. Mm-mm. No, no. It's, that's why he says our weapons are not carnal, but they are strong, they are powerful, they are mighty through God. Yes, and in... Maybe we'll close down the podcast with just this thought. It's in 1 Corinthians 12. Okay. It says, Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. Remember, we were to set our mind on the things above, which James said they were gifts. We are to set our mind on these gifts. There are varieties of ministries and the same Lord. In other words, there's a variety of things these gifts do when they manifest themselves. They minister to people. There are given to each one a manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. These gifts that we're supposed to set our minds on are none other than manifestations of the Holy Spirit. We set our mind on and we wait on and we depend on the Spirit to manifest itself through us. That's what it means to set your mind on things above. Yeah. And it says some do miracles. That's one of the gifts from above. Others do distinguishing between spirits various kinds of tongues that those are the gifts that we're to set our mind on another interpretation of these tongues but the same spirit works all these things distributing to each one individually just as the spirit wills the spirit wills to give you these gifts that are necessary for whatever is going on against God's plan. Those are the weapons that will be distributed to you when the time is right, just like Bill's been saying, in its proper season. And you're to constantly think uh, about and depend on those divine attributes 
those characteristics that only the spirit can manifest that's what we set our minds on all day long and we don't set our mind on our human determination and how well we're going to do as a Christian all day long. Right, because that would be like reading what we just did in Colossians 3, setting your mind, and then putting the death, whatever belongs to our earthly nature, by going back, not using the arsenal, mm-hmm. but going right to human effort again. Exactly. And it'll fail. And it'll fail. So it's a simple message in this Bible. It comes down to the same thing being said over and over, which is that we're insane to try and live this Christian life ourselves. And we should show wisdom by depending on the Spirit of God to do it through us. And that's, at Guardians of Grace, what we guard about. And it is practical. It's very practical. Extremely practical, yeah. I think it's the only way to blossom as a Christian. It is the only way, or we could take that term apart from me, you could do, we'd have to change it. Yes. You can do some things. Yes. But you need me to do some of the other ones, you know. Yeah. Making stuff up. Right. What does it say? Apart from me, you you can can do do nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. (laughs) We got guard dog Steve singing now. Yeah. yeah. It's time to close. It is time to close. Do you want me to close us in prayer? Yeah. Could you do that? Sure. Sure. Father God, I thank you. And I ask you, you've got a, 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 I've got a big ask for you. It's that you set our minds on things above for us. You renew our spiritual mind and cause us to meditate day and night on the power that we have, all the characteristics, the love and the joy and the peace and the patience and the kindness and the goodness, the gentleness and the faithfulness and the self-control that we have, cause us to rely on that constantly, cause us to meditate on that constantly cause us to reverence these gifts from above constantly father allow us to take root just like a tree planted near the water in these teachings of all in colossians allow us to take root in them and allow these thoughts to change us change us into better Christians because that's what we all want to be. We want to be the best Christian we can be. And relying on the Spirit's power takes you further than anything else in Christianity. It's the answer. It's the answer to live in the model Christian life is to rely on the Spirit of God to do so because He was the model Christian Father. So in Jesus' name I ask that you bless this podcast with a spirit of wisdom and revelation and that you open the eyes of our hearts to be able to understand these concepts that are in Colossians. They're so blatantly there, yet they can be so veiled. So unveil them and make them just blatantly obvious to us what Colossians is trying to tell us, Father. And it's in your son's name I ask. Amen. Amen. 
Good night, everyone. Good night. We love you guys. We love you.